before the product market fit, I, I call it a pitch market fit. Pitch market fit. You got to tell us more. Do you have a vision and a story and an ROI that market really needs? So for example, if I were to meet you in a hallway and say that Adam, here's my offering. Are you interested in buying it or not? I didn't show you the product, nothing. I just talked about it, right? And if you're like, yeah, I'm excited. Tell me more. Show me. That At that point, I know that I have a pitch market fit. This episode fired me up. That was the CEO of Eightfold AI. They've raised almost $400 million. Before you try to solve for product market fit, do you have pitch market fit? If you've been an entrepreneur for more than a year, or if you've ever hit product market fit, you know the difference. You say something and people are like, oh, that's it. You show them the product and it's an assumptive close. That's getting to pitch market fit. You can do it way before you have the product nailed. Akadosh tells the story of how they were able to do that at Eightfold AI. It's a great episode. You're going to learn a lot. Boom. Hey, welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, former founder and VC. I now work at Zendesk for Startups, where we offer six months free use of Zendesk for qualified high growth companies. Welcome to Sit Down Startup Podcast. Super excited to have you here and sharing your story at Eightfold AI. You've raised a lot of money, um, but for anyone who doesn't know, could you tell us what Eightfold AI does and maybe how big you are right now in terms of fundraising or employees. Thank you. Super excited to be here today. I'm Ashutosh Gagak, the CEO, co-founder of 84.ai. We started the company in 2016 with the mission of enabling the right career for everyone in the world, very focused towards solving for employment. Today, we have built a talent intelligence platform that is used by numerous Fortune 100 companies across the globe to hire, retain, and grow a diverse workforce. Very cool. Was um, Can you tell us how, how many employees you have? Oh, yes. Uh, we are around 700 employees distributed globally. We have raised around $400 million from some of the leading venture capitalists in the world. Congratulations. Uh, this is is going to be really cool. So everyone now knows like you're in a, you have, you have made it to the top of the mountain in a lot of ways, metaphorically in the very beginning days, when you first started was, were you doing the same thing that you're doing now? Is the product in the same category? Product is in the same category uh, and largely, but at a very high level, it's still the same vision. But of course, as you start growing, you expand, you go deeper, you refine things. So that has happened, but high level, it's still the same product, same category. Very cool. It's interesting to see how many pivots there are. Um, it's it's probably, I feel like one in five that I talked to have like a massive pivot where it's like pretty much doing something different. But a lot of the really successful companies that I've talked to on the show didn't have a big pivot and they never pivoted from the vision. That's really cool. Well, help us for those founders who write, who are out there right now. Maybe it's their 2017, maybe it's a year after they got started uh, and they're in kind of a, a discouraging time right now for whatever reason, maybe the product market fit hasn't hit like they wanted or whatever. But if you could share maybe a low moment that you had in your journey to get to where you are now. I would say more than low moments, there have been a lot of scary moments when COVID hit US. Being in the space where you are selling a software that is meant to be used for hiring purposes and everyone around you is laying off people or hiring is slow down, it is a very, very scary feeling to have, right? Will you really have a market or not? We always had this thesis from day one that we are going to be resilient to market ups and downs. But until you have gone through it, you don't know whether it is really the case or not. So fortunately, it worked out well for us. We had to make some adjustments. 
expand the product footprint, but that has worked out really, really well for us. Second is in the early days, we did iterate on the few business models. So that was a little bit tough. Yeah. Third is, and while Adam, this is not directly your question, but might be interesting for the audience. What I find is that as a founder, one of the hardest thing for me has been, or for most founders is, understanding when it is a product market fit issue, it is an execution issue, or something else. Mm. So let's say you build a product and you're selling and you're not able to sell it, right? From outside, it's very simple to say, oh, is it, do you have a product market fit or not? Maybe the issue is that you don't have product market fit and you need to change your product and offering. Or maybe product is good, but your business model is wrong. Maybe product is good, business model is wrong, but the way you're selling is wrong. It could be any of those things, right? And unless you're able to hone down exactly what is the issue, you may change your product, even though your product was good, your selling was wrong. Or you may keep pounding on it and your selling is right, but your product is wrong, right? And as a founder, you're constantly making those calls in this journey. And those to me are scary moments as well. This is really interesting. I was a founder for um, about eight years and I had similar questions because it's really easy for a sales team to use product market fit or early sales employees to use not having product market fit as an excuse for not hitting their number. And you're saying it could be true, but you as a founder have to go and determine if it is or if it isn't. You have to make a call and a lot is hanging on that call. So it's more around that people ask you, expect you to have that brilliance to know the answer to everything and you don't have those answers. A hundred percent. What what uh, what have you done to get those answers? I think the way simply put, try to be as intellectually honest as possible with yourself. What I try to do is have strong opinions on one side, have conviction, but at the same time, constantly talking to the people, going to the field, trying to learn what's happening. So being if you're not confident about yourself, you won't go anywhere. But at the same time, if you are overconfident and not listening to the market, you won't go anywhere either. So you have to strike the right balance. Yeah, I I, I know that's a huge challenge. When, when did you feel like you first hit product market fit? And how did you know? I think it's, it's, it's just a journey. Mm. And it's very easy to know that you don't have product market fit. I mean, if you're not able to sell after a lot of iterations, changes and everything, you don't have product market fit. Sure, you can move on from that, right? But the bigger issue is that you can't rest on your laurels and say that now I have product market fit. Because the market is constantly evolving. Your competition is constantly evolving. The needs of the market are changing, right? So key thing is that can you keep up with that cha those changes or not? And if you can, so don't just focus on product market fit, but how are you going to maintain that over time? Yeah, it's getting there in the beginning. It's getting there and it's a journey. And what you're constantly trying to do is that how do you improve your sales efficiency? How do you improve your customer retention? How do you improve your customer value, right? How do I? Yeah. Is there a specific story that you could give us in the beginning days where you, on that journey of product market to getting to product market fit and, and maintaining it, is there a story where you could share where maybe you had a conversation with a customer or you were looking at the numbers and it seemed like something cool was happening um, that you could kind of take us into? I think uh, it was more around like, Fortunately, in the early days, came across some customers who were comfortable banking on us, betting mm -hmm. on us. And one of them was this large customer out of India 
we sign them up very early in our life cycle and high level vision resonated with them that's why it resonated but then i still remember vividly that i came back to office and said that we need to make this customer successful no matter what it takes mm. and if we make them successful with the right product offering then we will have a huge market in front of us so it's taking few customers but but then pounding on it and making sure that they are getting the value they are getting all the satisfaction right the use cases are getting solved and until you have done it you're not there so we kept pounding on it i still remember like for months we would have these late night calls because the customer was in india and interesting thing is that the counterpart over there would keep on asking all kind of things every day i want this feature i want this functionality and i still say that that was one of the hardest customers ever two years later that individual joined us and became our employee so it has been an interesting story on that one that is very interesting i'd love to dive into that um customer example because did you feel like on the product market that scale did you feel like you didn't really have it before this one customer so this is like right before that so the, uh, the second concept that i do talk a lot about is before the product market fit i used to call i i call it a pitch market fit do you have a vision and a story and a roi that market really needs so for example if i were to meet you in a hallway and say that adam hey is my offering are you interested in buying it or not i didn't show you the product nothing i just talked about it right and if you're like yeah i'm excited tell me more show me that at that point i know that i have a pitch market fit now is good i go and tell my product pm and engineer that come follow me this pitch is resonating with the customer they really want to buy this thing so now can we go and implement and deliver what we talked about and if we can then now we have a product market fit as well so break down the sequencing first is it's not about your product it's about the value prop to the customer it's their problem right so first nail it down can you solve their i mean talk about their problem and can you solve it in a way that they will be excited about and if yes next step is can you build that product and technology that will actually solve what you talked about I love the way you broke that down because I I have experienced both when I was a founder I remember just like we were selling to university administrators at colleges in the US primarily and we had a couple different products that we were trying to sell to them and we never had pitch market fit and you see the difference on someone's face when you're at a conference or you just had a call with them or you're in person and you shared it with them and they're like kind of shaking their head but they kind of have the big eyes yeah and and you're like I don't think they actually get it <laughs> versus the one where they're just like oh yeah well they, they ask like the follow like when can we meet when can we talk when is it ready and especially as a technologist right uh, so in my previous life i was an engineer builder right so it was like i can build it the issue is not whether i can build it or not the issue is what i'm building are people excited about it or not right so let me first solve for that and then yeah fine i will take two months and build it right That is really cool. Well, tell can you tell us about the moment when you pitched you you felt like you had the pitch market fit with this specific customer that you said's in India? Were you there in person or was it on Zoom? I was just there for a family visit. Happened to meet by chance this prospect. A friend had introduced showed up over there. 
had a five-minute shooting. And they were like, that sounds really cool. Can you show it to us? And at that moment, I knew that there's something real over here, right? And then, of course, they were like, can you do this and do this and this? And I was of course, I can do all that. Let me go figure it out. <laughs> implemented many of those things. But I think you know in the first five minutes with the customer, do you really have that fit or not, right? Otherwise, you're just banging on a door which is not going to open for you. That's that's amazing. Can you share what that line was? Like, was it like a one sentence kind of thing that you could that you could share that maybe the actual thing? I think you know, them? Yeah, no, absolutely. In our space, the issue was this, right? Every customer, any enterprise you'd go and talk to, right? Everyone has a hiring problem. I can't hire people fast enough. And the pitch was through AI, I can learn what is working well in your organization or not. What kind of talent is succeeding in your organization or not, right? And it can if I were to use that AI to identify each and every one of your applicant and see who is going to be a great fit for you. So that instead of you going through millions of resumes, right, you can focus on the key people, right? And spend time interviewing, talking to them. Would that be of value to you? Or you remember the last time you told a candidate that we don't have an opening for you right now, but we will get back to you as and when we have an opening. You probably have never done that because you don't have time and bandwidth to go through those millions of profiles that are sitting in a database, but people are still the same. If I can help you identify those people quickly, would that be of interest to you? And guess what? Even if you were to hire 10 people out of that, you will save hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the answer was like, makes sense. I mean, it's like almost like a no-brainer. Is it harder for you to hire people from within your own company versus outside? How often your own employees are able to identify what are the open jobs for them easily? Do you have a good mechanism for that? So I think that those that part was very simple and obvious to enterprises. They were like, yeah, the question is, can you do it? And you, and you as a builder, were like, we can figure that out. In fact, I still remember one of the very interesting things from my previous company. And as we talked about it, in that case, it was around search engine optimization and web search. The customer was, but does it work what you're saying? And it was our first customer. So of course, we don't know whether it will work or not, right? So we told the customer, we don't know, but we'll try our best. And a few years later, we asked the same customer, why did you buy the product from us? And he was like, where will I find five people who are really top-notch engineers in the Silicon Valley who are going to work day in, day out to solve my problem, to make it work? So what have I got to lose? Like, just, I'm just paying them $20,000 or so, right? They so, got a deal. Exactly. So key thing is that focus on customer's problem. Don't make it about your product. Don't make it about your story. Make it about customer, their problem, their pain point. That is so good. And I, you know, the the reason we started this show is to understand the early growth strategies. Uh, but what I've consistently found is that once you have the product market fit, both pitch market fit and then the product market fit has actually been accomplished. They're happy. Everything's good. The growth channels are kind of a byproduct that happens from that. I'm sure it is there maybe just in a minute or so that you could share the the first growth channel after you had successfully uh, helped that customer and they were happy and they were willing to refer you what was like the, what, what was one of the first growth channels that worked for you so in our case given our target market customer base and the offering uh our growth channels has been actually quite simple one is simple direct selling having a field, field sales team that will just go knock on the doors and sell it and second big one that has developed over the years is partner channel, working with some of the largest system integrators in the world and technology companies like SuccessFactors, SAP, and with them as a partner, 
has really helped us scale our business. That's that's really cool. The, that challenge is is more is more easily solved than the first, the pitch market fit, product market fit, and then the channel the channels if you have a great product are more clear. That's but yeah, you were just doing blocking and tackling yeah. with a sales team. And the last one I would say is, in each market, there are influencers. So in our case, one challenge is that I'm not from HR domain. So you really need to find the people who are from the domain who can speak on your behalf, right? And put them front and center in your storytelling. And that goes a long way. Mm, I love that you said storytelling. That's great. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, just, yeah, thank you. And I, I can't wait to see the continued growth. Um, and hopefully, yeah, I just really cool. So thank you so much. Thank you. Excited to be here. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for Startups and our free offer, please check out our website at zendesk.com slash startups.